what do you get someone who's had a heart attack? Um, yeah. Look, just don't do what everybody does when they go to hospital, which is take Lucozade. <laughs> like, full of sugar, full of garbage, full of chemicals. Right. Just, oh, man. And what is it with energy drinks? People drinking monster drinks and all this kind of stuff. You know, recently I went out for dinner and, you know, I thought this guy was awake. He was sensible. He's totally with it. I respect him on many levels. But then he orders a fake meat burger. So he's eating a fake meat burger because he's vegan and he's dipping into these rapeseed oil fried fries, chips and lots of ketchup. And I'm just thinking, what's that all about? You're like, you're buying into the whole WEF Bill Gates crap. You know, you're eating shit. If you you are vegan, you know what? Just eat proper vegetables. If you're a meat eater, eat proper proper meat. What the frack is a fake meat burger? People need to Most wake people up. who say they're awake are not awake, really. Um, they're, I don't know, they're, they are awake light, but they're not really awake because they listen to you and they'll say, absolutely. But then they'll go and do what you just described. They'll order a kebab from some shitty chippy around the corner and it, honestly, they'll eat it, it at half any night. It is. It's like saying, oh, you know what? I, I totally buy into this whole COVID thing. It was ridiculous. I stand by Ukraine, though. I was like, but no. I stand with Ukraine. <laughs> I stand with Ukraine. Look at my bio, and they've still got pronouns, and yeah, no, no, you need to be yeah. all in or all out. Anyway, listen, it's great to have you. Um, you were, I think, the first person, maybe, who invited me on their show, or second, I can't remember now. But it was really kind of you. You reached out to me. You just reached out to me and said, hey, I mean, I'd love to have a chat with you. And it was, it was really nice. I, I loved talking yeah. to you. And at the time, remember I was saying, oh, I'm going to be launching a podcast. Oh, God, it was a long time in the coming, in the making. But here I am now. I've got 14, 15 episodes out already. It's only been out for five weeks. So it's going well. Um, but I that wanted you... really well, yeah. Great. I wanted you here and here you are because... You're a bit of a lone voice out there. There's some people out there like you, uh, but not many. Um, you know, people like Sonia Poulton <laughs> speaking out and you, independent, free voice. Yeah. You're not part of the mainstream media. Yeah, I'm independent. No, no. Um, Sonia, God love her, isn't a journalist. Never was, never will be. And um, Sonia's dislike of me goes back to a television gig that we tried to get off the ground in London in 2013, 2014. And she was a part of it very briefly until she was moved on um, because she was somebody who doesn't play well with others. I had nothing to do with moving her on, but she was moved on. And um, no, I don't particularly care for Sonia. I didn't know you guys had history. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't really. I haven't heard anything from the woman for a, a decade or more. But look, I take what I do very seriously. I'm a journalist. I am one of the only... Um, real journalists operating in the independent media. I take great pride in it, in being a qualified journalist and pursuing um, 100% of the time an ethical standard, an ethical approach to what it is that I do, mm-hmm. not making claims that I cannot substantiate. And by the way, it isn't my job to make any claims whatsoever. It is my job to do what I do, which is invite people like you on the programme who've got a point of view about medical issues or otherwise and to say, OK, I'm interested, but 
And that was the tenet of our conversation when we first spoke. I played the devil's advocate and said, well, hang on a second, Ahmed, what what about this? That's my job. We don't have journalists in the independent media. We have commentators, people with a very specific point of view. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't claim to be a journalist if you're out there basically saying, this is how it is. I don't know how it is. I suspect how it is. I suspect we are in a a dystopian shitstorm at the moment. Excuse my French, Ahmad. But it's my job to try and present that in a way to people while challenging it at the same time in a way that they might engage with it. And I've probably answered your first question. That's what it is I do. I've been a journalist since 1998, award-winning uh, producer and presenter, multiple award winning for taking an ethical approach to what it is I do. And I began my current programme back in 2014 after the People's Voice kind of collapsed in London because there wasn't any funding for it. And I decided I'm just going to continue to do what I like doing, which is um, when the Beeb or Channel 4 or Sky News or CNN says we shouldn't hear from this person. Now, if that person happens to be qualified at what they do, I'm like, well, why the hell not shouldn't we hear from that person? Mm. And that is pretty much all I do. Uh, Yeah, of course I'm not popular because from time to time, I do take a pop, as you've probably seen on social media, at people who play at what it is I do for a living and mess around with it. And they don't like it. Well, I don't care. I've got skin that is thicker than 26 rhinoceroses multiplied by 500 hippos. I couldn't give a damn, to be honest. And all publicity, Ahmad, is good publicity at the end of the day. (laughs) Yep, yep. I mean, to me, a journalist means someone who's out there to find the truth and find out the facts and convey it to the public. And a journalist shouldn't really have an agenda. A journalist's main agenda is to find the truth to expose the truth and, you know, reveal, reveal it if it's been hidden, you know? Um, But I would say, you know, a lot of journalists nowadays aren't journalists. They're even like mainstream media. They're just parroting out lines, the narrative, the, it's just one point of view. And all they do is they kind of like fluff it up and dress it up in slightly different costumes, but it's still the same message. Um, And then that's where you've got citizenship. Yeah, that's where you've got citizen journalists. And I know, I know, I know, I, I, I know you're a proper journalist, but there is a role, don't you think, for citizen journalists to fill the void? And- yes. 100%, I agree with you. Absolutely right. You'll, you'll never, I mean, I often interview some of these citizen journalists, never criticise somebody for going out there um, speaking to people, uploading it, it's brilliant. What you're doing is brilliant. If I didn't think so, I wouldn't say so. Um, but when it comes to, to claiming, you know, to, to, to saying what I, to, when it comes to saying that what it is I do is journalism, I say, no, it's not, it's commentary. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's, it's commentary, it isn't journalism. There are certain ethical standards which are, which are gone and, and they're gone not because of anything a citizen journalist has done. These have been disposed of by commercial and national media over a period, I would say, of about 30 years, maybe 40 years, where news used to be gathered by journalists working for newspapers, working for TV stations or for radio stations. Mm. Now, what has happened in, in three, four decades, you might know this, maybe you don't, maybe some of your viewers won't know this, but um, newsrooms don't gather news now. Oh, I they know that. They receive news from a number of sources. 
like the Press Association, like Reuters. I could name them all day long. AFP. Mm. And what they do is they take this stuff off a computer. It's called rip and read journalism, which means it isn't journalism. And you take it and you say, okay, I'm going to put that in my next bulletin. But Ahmad, you don't know that is true because you haven't gathered that information. You are accepting Reuters and the Associated Press as a standard bearer and as the arbiter of what is and what isn't true. And that's crept in over 30 years. I noticed this when I started my career on radio in Ireland. We got our information from independent radio news. And I'm like, why are we not verifying this stuff? You know, I was Mm. young and brash. I'm old and brash now, but I was young and brash then with ideas. And I thought, well, why are we not investigating this stuff for ourselves? We're just taking this. We've got an audience in our city with our transmitters. And we're just reading this as if it's true. But we don't know it's true. And that was dangerous. Nobody stopped that. And at the same time, as you will know, at the same time, local commercial radio stations across Britain and the Republic of Ireland were hoovered up by conglomerates. And Mm. all of a sudden, your local stations, which were owned by local business people, were now owned by a single company. In the UK, it's Global Media and it's Bauer Media. Independence is gone. And that was, this was all happening at the same time. And this is how you begin to explain to people how the media reached the state that it is in today when they sing from the same hymn sheet, they're in lockstep, oh, we've got a lockdown. God, I was speaking to journalists in 2020, sorry, scientists from the most prestigious universities, mm. not because they particularly wanted to talk to me, but because the BBC didn't want to know them. Mm. And these guys were going, over here. Lockdowns are deadly. They'll kill people. They'll ruin kids' minds. They'll make people unhealthy. You don't lock a healthy person indoors in order to protect the senior citizen. But but the BBC, Sky, CNN, they wouldn't talk to them. Mm. And yeah, that's how we got there effectively. So what we do today is try to fight against that and to try and find some space where we can say to people, okay, do listen, by all means, listen to the BBC. I'm not going to tell you who to listen to. But I've got a scientist here. He went to Harvard. Don't you think you should balance what he says? I've got Ahmad Malik. He's a consultant surgeon for Jesus' sake. You know, he went to an Ivy League uni too. He's got a brain. Don't you want to listen to what he has to say? Hasn't he earned the right? And that's where where we are. But um, oh, what's going on now, Ahmad, with reporting on the BBC? Even today, there's a major climate change report on the BBC about how important it is that TikTok and other um, platforms take down people who deny, Crazy. or not deny, but who say, well, hang on a you, you know, This is insane. And so the BBC is not saying, let's have a debate. So let's get the people who say climate change is real and we're all going to die by 2070. And let's get some scientists who think it's not happening. No, no, the BBC is contacting TikTok to say, why are you not taking down these videos? How could that be? Journalism. Mate, it's, the oh. whole world has gone to pot. I mean, I think we should clarify that thing. AFP, Associated Foreign Press, Reuters, and some other one, um, Associated Press. You're absolutely right. These humongous um, organizations that basically do collect the news. So in, in my head, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I used to watch black and white movies. You saw the, you know, you saw the journalists that did have their hats, their pen behind their ear, their notepad. They'd be asking right. questions. You know, you'd have, they'd have the cameras, the light bulbs going off, making notes, shouting questions, taking, you know, records and trying to get to the truth. 
we, we don't have that anymore. You know, all these media outlets, all these newspapers, they just sit behind a desk. They don't go and interview anybody. They don't go to the country. They're writing from a desk about things halfway around the world without actually checking the facts probably putting it in chat GPT and having that write the article for them. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, yeah, it's all Reuters and AFP, Associated Press, these these big, massive conglomerates that say, here's the news for today. And, and they, they pay a subscription and, and, and take the information from that. Where the hell is that journalism? Where the hell is that investigative journalism? But this is all it part is. of that centralization, whether it's food, it's all yes. coming from the same place. Healthcare, it's all coming from the same place, the media. And I'm, I keep going on about this. Centralization is bad because it goes one direction, total one government control, one source of information, one source of food. It's not good for us. You want competition and you want local communities. And, and that's why what you're doing, this independent media outlet, you know, is great. But listen, I want you to explain a little bit for me. You said there's ethical standards to journalism and most people are doing commentary. Mate, I'm really simple. I know you're saying an orthopedic surgeon. Well, many of my critics would say I'm just a bloody foot surgeon. So <laughs> just treat me like a dumbass foot surgeon, okay? What what are the ethical standards of being a journalist and, and how is it different from being a common doing commentary? I think the first thing you gotta think about when you're doing a story is acknowledging that however strongly you might feel about the subject, there are multiple points of view. So your your first port of call, really, is to offer right of reply to people that you are mentioning and criticising, to give them the opportunity. So mm. later on, you can demonstrate clearly, well, I've been speaking about something and somebody, but I have endeavoured to try and get them on to give them the other side of it. Now, that used to work very well for me pre mm. Pre-2019, I was known, the Richie Allen Show was known for the fact that I'm a, you know, blowhard Irish guy with a big personality um, who would say it as he sees it. But, but I would often have MPs or former MPs or former peers or peers who would come on the show and would argue the toss with me about these issues. Now, this doesn't happen anymore. There are reasons for that, which are, are beyond my control. And you might want to get into that at some stage. We, we can get yeah. into that. So first Tell and me. foremost, your job, I think, yeah, well, well, look, um, Desmond Swain, Tory, was told, um, if you go back on the Richie Allen show again, you lose the Tory whip. Um, Labour MPs were told if you go and speak on the Richie Allen show, you'll lose the whip. The whip will be taken from you. You're not to go on the programme. Now, the reason for wow. this is pretty simple. The programme is an enormous reach, a ridiculous reach, right? I mean, for a guy, I'm in a absolute state-of-the-art radio studio. <clears throat> I wish I could show you. There are pictures of it online. This is built by my listeners. My show is listener-funded. I don't charge for it. It's free. But it's been around since 2014. Um, enough listeners send me three quid a month or four quid a month or five quid a month in order to cover the costs, which are extensive because of the streaming costs, right? Mate, trust um, me, But also I know. give me a, a modest salary. Just setting up my podcast, getting all the equipment, it's thousands of pounds, 100%. It's crazy. It's not free. Yeah. <laughs> it costs me, no, no, it costs me just under 2,000 pounds a month to, to, to stream. That's not everything else. 
because the bandwidth, because obviously the more listeners you get, and mine is a live radio show, it isn't a podcast. It becomes a podcast later. Podcasts are brilliant, but it's very important for people, for me, for me, for people to understand, it's a live show Monday to Thursday, and it's very interactive. The listeners send comments mm. through the app and all of that. So, How many, how many so, listeners um, do you have? Yeah, they were instructed. It, it's pretty regular that at the top of the year at six o'clock, Monday to Thursday, 140, 160,000 on what? average. That's Monday what? to Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And the podcast is downloaded several million times a month and it's always in the top 100 in the charts in the Apple News podcast, always. Wow. And in Ireland, it's always in the top 40. But you don't know about this because people won't report on it. They don't report. I mean, it's a phenomenon. This is stuff you should read about in the papers. Guy starts a radio show in his bedroom, right? And, uh, you know, former mainstream guy. And it's got an enormous um, reach, which it does. Um, I've been challenged to prove this more than once and I have. I've put the stuff online, the the, uh, the metadata. But it's, wow. but, but it's been around nearly 10 years and there isn't any, anything like it. This kind of proves... No, but this kind of proves my point that people who yeah. get out there who are really big names, I'm not going to mention who, yeah. you kind of wonder how do they get there? Like there is, you know, I feel like the media and the system won't promote certain types of people and good people like yourself who are truly independent, you know, you don't get the limelight. You don't get no, the recognition. Yeah. No, but we don't want it. I, I'm not remotely interested in being well known. Not if 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 that was the road I wanted to go down, I would have stayed in the mainstream media before no, no, beginning I, this program. I, I don't mean I well known. In the, I don't mean well known in that respect. I mean as in like getting the message out. Like you, you know, are independent, so you're going to be oh, yeah, pr- putting yeah. out content that some people might not want to hear. That's what I mean. And the more people you inform and educate, yeah. the better it is. No, you're back on. And they go to great lengths to make sure, and it's not just me, there are others too who've been around for years. I mean, I started this in Spain for Talk Radio Europe back in 2010. You know, Talk Radio Europe is a very well-established expat radio station in Spain. Mm. I was in Spain, I was on a radio sabbatical. They said, Richie, do an evening show. And I went, yeah, I'll do an evening show. And I started interviewing Jim Mars, Jordan Maxwell, David Icke, put all the undesirables on the air, challenged them, had brilliant heated conversations with them that went on for hours. And that's what kind of started me when the People's Voice failed in London. I said, I'm going to just do a daily radio show from Mm. scratch. We'll see where it goes. And there may be an appetite for it. And I think where I am unique is that I do apply the principles I was taught, you know, to what it is I do. So I'm more appetizing, I think, to the middle ground people who aren't ready to jump in with two feet just yet to accept that maybe we're in a very bad place now. But my approach to what it is I do is more amenable to people that are just dipping their toes into the waters of, oh shit, like we're in serious trouble here, you see. But um, are, are, look, are I deserve more are, credit are, for it. It's are, been nearly Or even beginning to have doubt. Sorry for interrupting you, um, Richie. Just, people are just yeah. like, no, 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 nah, do you know what? The BBC, is, oh, it's, it's just something smells off. You know, and don't get me wrong, for the longest time, I used to hoover up the BBC, the Channel 4 News. I used to get by the Sunday papers. I loved you sitting there on a Sunday, having a coffee, a qua- cappuccino, a croissant, and pouring through all the different parts of the of the Sunday papers. I loved all that. Now it makes me vomit. <laughs> but anyway, you did tell me why did the politicians um, not want to come on? Like, what, what was the reason for this? Because that's pretty big. Like saying, 
we're going to take the whip off you for just yeah. simply coming on was, your show. There was a lot of bad press um, about the show a few years ago. I interviewed a former academic called Nick Collerstrom, and Nick is a Holocaust denier. Um, I obviously am not, and and argued with him. He's also a very interesting guy. You know, we're all to some of our parts. You know, he he, he doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. Um, I know it did. I visited Dachau and I visited um, Sobibor and some of these horrible places. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm a history graduate. So, but um, so we so we spoke anyway. He wasn't the only. I think in ten years there's been two that have come on. Anywho, the boards of deputies of British Jews who are at the moment all over Jeremy Corbyn like a rash. Mm. And this Jeremy Corbyn film that's out at the moment about why he was um, allegedly why he was um, scuppered. In his um, in his election bid, uh, yeah, people again, not not necessarily because I interviewed um, a Holocaust denier, I would argue, but because the show is big and it's established, and it's a case of don't go on there. So how do we prevent people going on there? Well, we'll, we'll find an excuse. Ah, well, here's a ready-made excuse. He mm. interviewed a Holocaust denier, which I think you know far more successful people than me have done oprah winfrey made a made a point of interviewing these people when she mm. started out montel williams geraldo all these people and of course i disagreed with them vehemently but um yeah so what they started to say was they started to change the language which i found very interesting and all of a sudden in the national press it was richie allen platforms anti-semites now, that is disgusting bollocks. I don't mm. platform anybody. I interview people. Mm. I don't platform them. That's a non- Do you see how clever that language is? Uh, that's so exactly what they do. Ahmad. They play with language. They twist it. They contort it. And those are my cats coming to the... She, she's, she, she loves that's me. Lovely. Um, I thought it was so a yes, dog behind you. They contort the, the truth. And they use funny words yeah. and technical jargon and word soup, spaghetti language, and making themselves look all clever and trying to defame you or make you look bad. And it's bullshit. That's all I can say. Can I tell and, you? and it's basically Thank a way of censoring that. you and silencing you. Like it's very it's a playbook, right? The playbook is you intimidate, you threaten, you defame, you disgrace, you discredit, you decapitate. Yeah. You deregister, yes, you, you delicense. You see how it works? Yes. They, they just want to shut you up. Do I see how it works? They've been um, doing sorry, it to me I for think, years. Um, the, yeah. the cat's knocked something off. Has it? The cat did knock something off. Did you not hear what I was saying? Yeah, I heard, I heard everything you said, yeah. Wait, were you hearing me? I'll give you an example. I, I, I can hear you loud and clear, yeah. I'll give you an example of how this works in, 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 in a funny way. Um, interviewed a doctor called Roger Hodkinson. Yes. Um, came on, w- was um, was interesting, had some interesting things to say. Uh, thanks, Richie, I really enjoyed it. He said, you asked some interesting questions and you played the devil's advocate well, which I do. Lovely. So he was happy. Two days later, he got back to me. Why didn't you tell me that you platformed um, Holocaust deniers? Uh, I'm getting a, a, an enormous amount of stick. I'll never come on with you again. This is how it works. What? This is how it works. So I said, well, I said, Roger, I thought you were made of stronger stuff than that. Like, you know. Absolutely. Oh, Roger. Wait till I tell you this quick story. Wait till I tell you this quick story. Right, tell me. So three years ago, three years ago, Channel 4 producer says, 
uh, Richie, we'd love you to be in this documentary about anti-Semitism. I said, marvellous, because the UK doesn't have anti-Semitism. The UK is one of the most open and tolerant countries in the world. But if you'd like me to talk, I said, I know exactly why you want me to talk about it. So they said, David Bedil is presenting it. Do you know who David Bedil is? And I said, I'm a football fan. Yeah, of course, I remember David Bedil and uh, that, that fantasy football show. So they said, he's coming to Salford to interview you. Are you good for it? I wasn't born yesterday, Ahmad, right? I've been a journalist since 1998. So I said, of course I'm good for it, um, except I have a condition. They said, what's the condition? I said, um, my friend Hayden Hewitt, who's incredibly well known, he's a film director and he was the man behind LiveLeak.com. Hayden will come along and film the interview while it's happening so that you don't stitch me up in the post. Right. And she said, uh, right. well, I'll get I'll get back to David and we'll come back. And so they came back and said, Richie, we really want to interview you, but we cannot have your cameraman filming it from a distance, even if he's not in shot. And I said, why? What's the problem? I will sign a waiver. I will sign a legal document um, committing myself to not publishing my interview. Anywhere yes. Yes. Until... Yours has gone out. Oh, I'll go back to David. So he went back to David and then came back to me two days later and says, um, ah, forget about it. We don't want to do the interview. And I said to the lady, and I don't swear. I, I swear sometimes on the radio, but I generally generally don't swear at people. And I said, you're an effing disgrace, aren't you? You lot. I said, Richie Allen, yeah, we'll go up to Salford. We'll stitch him up. We'll make him yes. look like some sort of rabid anti-Semite. Even though we know that he isn't, we know that his accountants are Jewish. We know that his best friend is Jewish. We know that a lot of his listeners are in fact Jewish, which they are. But we'll come, my accountants and my best friend is are, are Jewish as it happens. But we will try and stitch you up in the post. This is how wretched the media is, Ahmad, in 2023. I'm I'm not surprised. Grr. It's all about that. And the thing is, you know, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. Do you know, if someone wants to talk about Holocaust denial, let them. Let them make a fucking fool of themselves. Off you you know, you know, let them, you Off know, you. Ar yeah. you argue with them. You 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 show them how it's nonsense what they're saying. But just give them the air, give them the platform or whatever, challenge them, push them. Freedom of speech is tolerating other people to talk even though you don't agree with what they're saying. Freedom of speech is not Brilliant. you say what you want them to say and um and if they don't you shut them up. That's not freedom of speech. And, and, and all you no. do is actually you then create an environment. It's like a pustule, okay? It's like pus where it festers and boils. People go, oh, see, they're stopping us talking about this. There must be truth in that. And then, and then it grows. And then instead of making this nonsense thing idea just disappear, you actually fuel it. You actually create the problem that you're, you're supposedly trying to avoid. So. That's right. I think the whole anti-Semitism is bullshit. It's all, I think there's nothing more anti-Semitic than using anti-Semitism as a weapon to silence people. You know, that's people, a disgrace, yeah. you know, on those people who suffered um, during the Second World War. You know, what the frack? You know, and, and I've got friends who are Jewish. I've got friends, you know, who are Muslim and atheist and Christian. I'm, you know, I, don't, I just love all of humanity now. I'm over religion. I believe in God. And humanity. That's it. Um, and I feel for everybody who's suffering anywhere, whether it be Palestinians. I even think the Israelis are suffering. Do you think they've got a good life? Constantly, you know, having to be stressed out and being to told that they've got they're hated by everyone and they need to have an army and it's horrible for everyone. Everyone is suffering. But anyway, I think anti Semitism is a tool now, just like you know, you might be called homophobic, 
just like um, recently I've been called transphobic. <laughs> I posted an image of Dylan Mulvaney and said, is this person a woman? And I got so much hate for that. And not just that, I got these. That's a very simple question. I got complaints. That's a very simple question. The answer is no. Yeah. And I got some <laughs> complaints. And do you know, one of the medical directors from one of the hospitals that I work in, I work in three hospitals, three different hospitals. One of the medical directors, so I'm not naming the hospital, I'm not, not, you know, disgracing anyone or bringing anyone into disrepute. But one of the hospitals, medical director, notified me. I've, I've received five complaints that you're transphobic. I've referred you to the GMC. Like, hold on uh, one sec. Right, right. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, we've been having a to and fro about COVID vaccines and all that misinformation nonsense. Never addressed any of my questions. And now suddenly not even giving me the opportunity to talk or give my viewpoint. I'm referring you to the GMC. Well, what is this BS? So you've got it in your Man, journalism. You've got it in your field. It's in my field. It's a state of affairs. You know, our country's going to shit. We're living in a clown world where you can't talk. You can't have an opinion. You can't question. I mean, what the hell is going on, Richie? It's madness. Or the fear of cancellation. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, dismayed to learn that because you ask a legitimate question that people can go and make reports against you. And as you said, it's happened in, 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 to you in medicine. It's happening to people in other walks of life. It could be people working in sales. It could be people working in, you know, the manufacturing of cars. If you dare to step outside of what is accepted, the accepted narrative, the accepted viewpoint of things and say, well, hang on a second. Um, somebody with a penis can never be a woman. There are those now, and they do it in droves, and they're doing it to you. They will do everything they can to try and destroy your life, at least professionally. Anyway, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, funny, just just a quick one. It's not a game of one-upmanship at all. It's worse for you than it is for me because, you know, you know, it's worse for you because it's been happening to me for years. But Fab Radio carries the Richie Allen show, and I'm very proud of that because Fab Radio in Manchester is very well established, and it carries the show live every day. And it's run by a guy called Mike Rice, and uh, another guy called Paul Ripley, they're lovely. Some people calling themselves um, the Northwest Friends of Zionism or something. They banged down the door of Fab Radio about three years ago. And Mike answered, Mike's a very well-known businessman. And he said, um, we demand that you cancel the Richie Allen radio show and stop using it in your schedule or we will go after your other businesses and tell your customers that you're an anti-Semite. Mike picked up a baseball bat what? that was just behind the, the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mike picks up a baseball bat. He's not my boss, Mike. He's a friend who who carries the show. And he said, you've got 30 seconds to get down Portland Street before I break every bone in your body. You censorious, fascistic. He called him every name under the sun anyway. So there are some people who will stand up to it, you know. Yeah, but everybody else, good. you're right, Anna. Yeah, you've got to be good. careful, especially doctors like you, you know, especially doctors. I mean, you know, you're a real target for these goons. Because because you've got a nice job, you've got a prestigious job. You're a you're a man with a bit of um, with a bit of clout. You always are. What I know you're a modest guy, but doctors, we like doctors. We look up to our doctors. We know you've had to work hard to get there, and they think with doctors, they think, yeah, we can really put pressure on them. So you're standing up to it, and it's to your absolute credit that you are, to be honest. So well done. Thanks. It's, it's not easy. It's it's quite lonely at times. The thing is. Um, I thought if I left the NHS, I could practice pay, um, treating my patients the way I would my family. The NHS is a cult. I actually think it's quite dangerous. 
It's um, you just need to look at the censorship. Uh, it's the biggest employer of doctors in this country, and doctors, you know, if their paycheck is threatened, their mortgage is not going to be paid. You know, they're going to be influenced by what they can and cannot say or do. And there's either an indoctrination that's going on, and they buy into that indoctrination, or they they know the BS that's going on and they don't say anything because they want to get paid and they got bills to pay, they've got student loans to cover, they've got family to feed. So, um. The, the whole NHS system, I don't think, is conducive to patient safety. Because if you want to speak up and say, hey, cat, you, you pressed the mute button last time. You need to go. <laughs> You're very naughty. I love you, but you need to go. I love um, you. So basically, you know, if, if you see something as a doctor and go, hey, this, 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 this looks a bit weird. This might be a bit dangerous. Should we be doing this? You know, that's, that's what we talk about, an air of transparency and openness. That's where we talk about being able to speak up when it comes to an issue of patient safety and concern. That's all great. And we, we have mandatory training and, and we talk about this. We have modules we have to go through and we talk about this and there's GMC guidelines and it talks about this and patient safety and open in environment and non-discrimination and creating a culture that's safe for the patient, blah, blah, blah. All these lovely words and texts and jargons. It's all fucking bullshit. It all gets thrown out the window. Because if the government's saying one thing and you happen to go, I don't know if I just, I don't know if I agree with this. The whole weight of the machinery comes down on you. The regulatory bodies, the colleges, all the people with the big fancy titles, you know, clinical director, clinical excellence, chairman of the local NHS foundation, you know, all these people with big fancy titles who haven't treated a patient for God knows how long with big paychecks. They come down yeah. on you and say, shut up. You're, you're called up for an investigation. You're called up for a meeting. Now, I thought leaving the NHS would make me more immune because I'm independent. No, I am my own yeah. employer, yeah. just like you are. But now even these private hospitals are coming at me and saying, oh, you need to come. And we've, you know, we've got a meeting. We, we, we've, we've got issues with what you're saying on Twitter. We've got issues with your videos. You know, we might take your practicing privileges away. And sadly, while I can do the podcast here in my garden studio, I can't operate on people in my garden studio. So it is horrible for me because, you know, the noose of the GMC is on my neck. The hospitals can pull the rug. And who's going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to look after my young family? I know you're doing the interview, but are you genuinely concerned about the license? I mean, is that in play here? I'm not yeah. being dumb here. Now I've heard you say this, but 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 the license is in play if you don't take a backward step. Is that how it is? Mate, look, yeah, I've just been invest- sent to the GMC for investigation. I'm waiting to hear from them. You know, they they're making Jeez. life very difficult for me. And and the thing is, what do you do? Do you just shut up and go, okay, I'm going to go back to work and just you know just pay my bills? You know. Part of me is like, yeah, I could see. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why does it always have to be binary choice? And I'm not having a go at you now. But uh. for everybody, it's binary choice. It's either, um, do I shut up and go back to work or do I carry on? Well, maybe there's a middle ground. Well, I'm you've trying to do that. I, I'm trying to do that. So but I'm, you've done I'm, plenty, haven't you? I'm working. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm operating. I'm seeing patients. I'm doing podcasts. And why am I doing podcasts? I'm not yeah. getting paid any. I've got just, I'm not like you. I've, I've only just started five weeks ago. I've only got a few paid subscribers on Substack and a few people have bought me 
coffees and stuff like that. But it's not nothing to cover all the costs that what I'm doing. So it's my go, my way of my way of fighting back, right, Richie, my way of helping. People keep saying, what can we do? How can we fight back? My way of fighting back is to spread knowledge and to inform and educate people what's going on. So maybe I'm a commenter, but, you know, I have people coming on the show now giving me their views and I ask questions. I sometimes push back and challenge yeah. like I had one yesterday about gender identity. And I, I, I was doing what you're saying. I was coming at her like, but, you know, but these people are saying this and she would then have an answer to it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be Excellent. impartial. That's why it's nice to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And um, that's why you're here, because yeah. I think people need to hear what it's like as an independent journalist. How have you been persecuted? How, how has your life been made difficult for simply asking questions? Because it sounds like you don't have an agenda. Your agenda is really simple. Get the truth out. See, get all points of I've view no out agenda. there. No, I have no agenda. No. I mean, um, 2014, I received my last offer. And that was from a pretty well-known commercial radio station in the north and I decided to decline it and to set up this what I'm doing now with the idea that if listeners liked it enough that they'd support it and thankfully they have but of course I've got no agenda none whatsoever I think sometimes I'm not flavour of the month with truthers because I don't have anything to do with them I don't get involved in their conferences I don't turn up to things when they organise protests and stuff, and I'm invited to speak, which is not so often these days, but used to be a common thing. I just don't get involved. Like I, I preserve and jealously guard my independence. Mm. I, I make it obvious, and this this does wind people up now. And I, I can understand why it does because a lot of these people are good people. They're doing good stuff, but I, I'm like, no, no, I'm not with you. I get it all the time, Richie. Richie, why did you um, question how a podcaster? and behaved, aren't we all on the same team? Mm. I'm like, well, no, I, I'm not on anybody's team. I'm I'm independent. If you mean, don't we all understand there's a dystopian agenda in play? Yes, we do. And I'll give your, your viewers, and by the way, I'm not just saying this. I've been watching your episodes. You've grasped very quickly. Um, you've, the setup is lovely. It looks lovely on screen. And you are asking questions, but that's in your nature because of your, um, your your degree and because of your skill set to ask questions. But let me give you an example of this. I have put doctors on the air who have said the jabs are harmful. Now, I always challenge them. You know, I'm not jumping all over them and screaming at them, but I'm saying, well, how can you be sure? And, and they give really good answers and they're very good, right? So mm. I've done that. Now, there's a cardiologist. I suppose everybody's going to know who he is. There's no need for me to mention him here, but everybody will know who I'm talking about anyway. He did something that I thought was egregious recently. He put out um, an article using the Times of India to say that there was a link between the death of Shane Warne, who I idolised when he was alive. Mm. As an Irish cricket fan, there aren't too many of us on that. I love the man, right? He said there's, there's a link between the jabs and Shane's death. That is disgraceful. He hasn't a scooby-doo whether or not there is a link between I the agree. jabs and the death of Shane Warne. And you know, you see the abuse I get on social media for saying that because people are too stupid to realise what it is I'm actually saying. I'm so, not saying the jabs didn't harm Shane. So who knows, Richie? That's lousy. And I'm going to, I'm going to, hundred percent. I'm going to show you a little insight into my world and all the listeners. So 
I, I'm, I've, been invited, too. I've been invited into lots of groups, lots of freedom movement groups, and it's quite funny. Sometimes it feels like I've joined the Masonic Order. The groups get smaller and smaller. I'm going higher and higher. I'm like, am I on the 33rd level now? Like, you know, it's just kind of like, what's going there on here? And, um, and, and quite often I get sent tweets. Oh, can you retweet this? And I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm not into this. Yeah, oh, I'm going to retweet just because you sent you know, I would I would retweet something that I like or I agree with. Um and I, I I don't tend to send my tweets out and go, Oh, look at me, retweet, you know. Um I just I put my content out and say, Look, here it is, you know, that's it. I'm not into this whole retweeting thing. And I had lots of people send me this Shane Warren thing and I looked at it and I thought, We don't know. He was a bit of a boozer, he drank shit, he was overweight, you know, he could have just died of a heart attack, you know. To then just jump on it and say, oh, that's because of the shot. You're making us look bad. The genuine people who are dying yeah. of the jabs, of the mRNA jabs, the genuine complications, the autoimmune, the neurological conditions, you're doing a disservice to them by just associating, oh, Shane Warne. Because a lot of people are going to scoff at that and go, where's the evidence? They're going to look at it, um, pick it apart. Like me. Yeah, and say, this is nonsense. So when it's the whole cry wolf thing, if you're going to cry wolf all the time, after a while, people are like, oh, whatever, it's not happening. So it's it's very dangerous. It's not, you know, this is serious, guys. We need to stick to facts. We need to stick to what we know. And what we don't know, we put our hands up and we ask questions. And I think, you know, that's the key thing. People have forgotten how to ask questions. You know, and that's what I like about you, Richard, Brilliant. because when I come yeah. on your show, you Brilliant. keep asking me questions. Yeah, that's it, because I don't know. And I'm always mindful of the fact that there will be people listening who are naysayers and they deserve bloody respect from the presenter. There'll be people listening going, ah, that Ahmad, ah, Ahmad, I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm not sure about that now. So I'll say to you, Ahmad, there will be people listening. It's as simple as that, right? And they'll say, come on, you know, where's the proof? And you come back and say, right, um, whatever anybody thinks about him, I worked with him years ago and I've always been very fond of him. And he was a journalist for years for the Leicester Mercury. And then he was a journalist for the BBC for many years, David Icke. David used to say to me in 2011, when I used to be interviewing him on the radio in Spain, and I used to go for him, Ahmad. What, the Queen is a lizard? I used to go for him, right? Proper go for him. And afterwards I, afterwards, I would say, I hope I wasn't too heavy there. And the gentleman, and always the gentleman, he, he used to say, Richie, the truth will stand up to any scrutiny. It doesn't matter how um, vociferous that scrutiny is. So he yeah. said, you come at me as hard as you want. Just don't do the, you know, the Piers Morgan thing. Of, cons of constantly interrupting me. Once you've given me a bit of shit, shut up and let me answer. And that's what I've always done. Give somebody a bit of stick and say, give over. But then sit back and say, let yeah. the gentleman speak. That makes for a good interview. Now you see people like Piers Morgan asking Dr. Ahmad Malik a uh, question. You've yeah. got three, you've got yeah. three words into it. Well, thank you, Piers. And he's back in again. You're, 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 you're this and you're this. Shut up. Ask a tough question and then sit back and listen. That's how it should be. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I this think, is, uh, I think, I think, <laughs> I think people like Piers Morgan and the way that you're going to be stitched up, I think it's literally hijacking interviews. It's hijacking. It's all about look at me, look at the drama, look at, look how controversial it was. It's I'm not real. Yeah. Yeah, 
Right. The agenda isn't, I want to hear from Richie. The agenda is, how can I make him look stupid? How can I make it be controversial? How can I make it go viral? <laughs> Absolutely right. Look, when I, so you come on, you came on last week, a couple of weeks ago, there was another doctor on the same show. And um, afterwards, my, my missus is a very fierce critic of radio. She's a very, very intelligent woman. My missus knows radio inside out. Always and marry she said up. To me, Always marry up. Always marry up. I, I definitely married up. If anybody's seen the photographs of my missus, and I've seen your missus, you married up as well. But, uh, but um, because you, you're, you, you've got a lovely photograph of you and your family on, on, your, um, on your WhatsApp. Oh, but um, yeah, look, um, yeah, th- th- this is it. You know, she said to me, Caroline said to me, she said, you know why I listen to your programme? She doesn't listen to it because we've been together for 21 years. She says, because you and one or two others, we keep the long form interview alive, don't we, Mm. Amat? Like if they bring you on the BBC this morning, they're going to bring you on for five minutes. They're going to try and mix it all up and confuse people. And then five minutes, you're gone. That was Dr. Ahmad Malik there. And the listener hasn't a clue. What happened there, you know? But Caroline said, I listen only because it's a long form. We really get to hear what the gentleman is saying. And then we make our own minds up because we're not stupid. But they treat listeners and viewers they're stupid, you know, and they're not. I love that. Mate, you don't understand, Richie, that's such a good point. Because when I was thinking about podcasts, you know, you think, what, what's my format going to be? Am I going to just do a Russell Brand and talk to the camera? Am I going to have a guest? Am I going to have two guests? Is it going to be a half an hour, an hour? Is it going to be long format? And I thought, it takes time. It's a nuance to get to the deep issues and unpackage them. It takes time for uh, a, a guest to become comfortable and relaxed. And a lot of the things I've been on GB News and Richie, it was really stressful. You like they ask a question, you've got like 30 seconds to answer and they interrupt you. And then it's the, it's the break. And it's like, how yeah. do I, how do I unload all this information in this bite sized thing? It's nonsense. Yeah. And the truth is to get a deep conversa- conversation going, you need an hour, you need two hours. And I've had some feedback from people on Rumble and on Apple and all oh, your interviews are too long, but actually I've realized I listen to the end and I just need to make time. And it's funny, my wife has my wife has been listening to my podcast and she drives into work. So she drives in an hour and then she drives back an hour so she, she can listen to my podcast. And she goes, I love your podcast. I forget you're my husband, by the way. They're really good. <laughs> Very good. And don't listen to those who say they're too long. They're not. They don't listen. You'll find this as because you're this is your kind of kind of foraging your way into broadcasting. There is a temptation sometimes when you read something negative to take it as fact. No, it isn't. And you'll be your own best critic anyway, because you don't need to hear this from me. But anybody who wants to be a podcaster, you must once a week make some time to listen back to yourself and be very harsh with yourself, as I do all the time. I listen when I'm on a run and I think. Why did that question take nearly 10 minutes to ask? Couldn't you just have asked the question in a few simple words? Why are you using the same cliches over and over again? You know, we'll be right back. Stop. <laughs> so, so it's good to listen back and critique. And uh, The thing but, I uh, do. No, I, I think. It's, that's really good advice. The thing I do all the time is go, um, um, and I'm like, oh, here I go again. I need to stop that. So it's But you will advice. do because you're telling yourself. No, you will do because you're telling yourself. And there's a, there's a great trick I was taught this years and years ago. We're, we're actually, we've segued now into teaching people how to broadcast. But this is a good one. It's a great trick. 
This is very embarrassing now, but I'm going to share a real, real insider. This is genuine. I'm not joking. There is an insider trick, which most people don't know about. When I started broadcasting many, many years ago in 1998, I was, I had my mannerisms too. So, erm and er and uh, you know, the fillers. <laughs> and a great, 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 great presenter who's sadly dead, one of Ireland's greatest ever, Billy McCarthy. Billy said to me, Richie, I've got a trick for you. And I said, what is it? What is it, Billy? And he said, when you're at home on your own or even in the bath, back when we had baths, right? He said, practice interviewing yourself. And I said, what do you mean? He said, role play alone and imagine that you are Eric Cantona, the Man United soccer player, or you are Imran Khan, the great batsman, or Sir Viv Richards. And I said, what, what? And he said, do a back and forth with yourself and challenge yourself to speak fluently without saying M and er and or, and it's fantastic. So once in a blue moon, I'm embarrassed to say this, I will be at home, I'm 48 years of age, and I'll be like, so... Richie, how's the season been so far? You took over at Old Trafford in <laughs> August. You've won four, you've lost three. And then I'll go, well, we've had a few problems with injuries. And then, of course, COVID didn't help. And we need the fans <laughs> back in the stadium. And you do this. And I swear to God, it you fantasize. It eliminates the M's and the R's and, the, uh, and all of that. Because I do get, once or twice, I do get complimented by other broadcasters. And they say, Richie, how are you so fluent? You never stop. You never throw in the MMM or any of that. And I'm like, I, I, I lie. And I say, it's because I'm really gifted, <laughs> which I know. But I think it's, lie. I it, think it's it, really it, good I, advice. I think it's great advice. Yeah, what you're, it's, fun. it's fun when you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just practice, practice speaking out loud and hearing your own voice because you don't actually do that yeah. very often. So like no. everything, practice I, makes I, perfect. I, makes perfect. And when you hear yourself in... In a, in a pair of cans for the first time. It's disconcerting and it's unusual and weird, but you got to get used to it. But uh, yeah, we, we, we've got to run a clinic for, for would-be broadcasters. We're <laughs> going to clean up this business. I mean, I'm you. All, <laughs> I, definitely. I'm all for feedback. And, um, but, and I don't want it to sound like I'm some narcissist and I don't care what other people say, but I'm, I am myself and I've now reached an age where, you know, I'm comfortable with my own body and who I am. And I, I've realized I can't please yeah. everyone. I'm not going to make everyone happy, Richie. And it's not a problem anymore. I don't care. If you don't like me, you don't need to tune in. You don't need to listen. I've had some weird no, feedback no, from one or two people. I had, I had feedback and the feedback was, oh, you don't introduce yourself as a doctor. You don't explain that you're a doctor and a surgeon. You should, ex you should do that more often. I was like, why do I need to do that? That's that doesn't even make sense. The other one was you make a seamless conversion from doctor to to hack. I'm like, okay, that's that's that that's great feedback. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's other stuff like that. And and I'm like, you know what, I don't need your feedback. Don't give me your feedback. It's all right. I'll just carry on being myself. Because I think the problem is you just want to be authentic. I, I, there's not enough people in this world who are authentic. Everything's fake. We've got fake politicians. We've got fake journalists. We've got fake media. We've got fake meat, fake yeah. food. <laughs> You're not fake, fake which is it. why I've got you here. I love you. Hello. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, No, I'm not. I mean, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I'm well aware of that. And there are people who don't like the show, but often you find that the people who don't like it are the ones who listen the most. I get a lot of, <laughs> while I'm on air, what, wait till I tell you, because there, there is an app for the show and somebody, because the show has its own app, it's Apple app and Google app, they can send a message and hit 
send and it instantly arrives on my screen here. And some of the stuff is, it's so hilariously abusive, you know? And I'm like, but you're listening though. Like I say, it's great. You're actually listening. It's fantastic. You're listening, even though you can't stand what it is. Lately, lately, it's all down to the fact that I'm a bit sceptical about the no um, germs and, the, you know, the no virus theory. And when I say sceptical, I don't come down on anyone's side because guess what? I'm not a doctor. I have no training. I haven't a clue. But I, I, I've, I've put people on who've said to me, Andrew Kaufman, for example, a couple of years ago, I don't believe viruses exist. I'm like, all oh, right, right. And I said, well, hang on a second. This doctor says this. He disagrees with you, blah, blah, blah. But for some people, and you'll find this as you go along, you're finding it yeah. already. Yeah. For yeah. some people, they love yeah. you. They love you so long as you see eye to eye with them on yes. everything. 99% is not good enough, Ahmad. Not good enough. It must be 100%. And if you deviate, if you deviate just 1%, you are a bad person and you are a, you are a gatekeeper. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and you know, I, look, I'm going to put it out there. Look, I think viruses are things we just don't understand. I think to say that they don't exist is a stretch a bit too far. I, do, I think maybe they're not what we think. I don't think they're as dangerous as they're made out to be. I think there are things out there packaged in vesicles and exosomes with genetic code. And, you know, they may cause disease, but it's very complicated. And we, we don't even know the basics of it. I think vaccines are a fake industry. I think a lot of things were getting better with sanitation, clean water, food, nutrition. And they're already almost at, lo you know, low levels. And then they've rolled out the vaccines and said, oh, look, see, the vaccines reduced all these infections. Actually, no, clean water, sanitation, you know, that that's what reduced all these diseases. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm very skeptical about the vaccine industry. But to say outright vaccines don't exist, uh, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think there are things like vaccines. I'm not 100 percent sure. And um, I'm going to keep Universal. an open mind. So viruses. Yeah, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to keep an open mind. But you're right. There's people who are like, wow, you you should believe that there's no vaccines. The fact that you do, you're controlled opposition. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know what, whatever. It's fine. No, it's mad, isn't it? It's and mad. you know, I, I put that down to you. Some of those people, I feel sorry for them. And that's not in any way to patronize them because they've been aware for longer than we have that there's an agenda. Yeah. And that's difficult, you know. I was meeting these people in the mid 2000s when I began to suspect there was something wrong with the September the 11th story. And I still do to this day think that that's a weird tale, that narrative and there's so oh, many yeah. holes in it. But anyway, that's for another day. But I met people who had been on that road since the 90s. They knew that there was an encroaching tyranny. So it's those type of people, I think, today that they've just run out of patience, really. You know, and when you're not going to jump straight in or go along with everything they think, they've, they've been at it for so long, they melt down and it's more difficult for them to take a step back. So I'm not being magnanimous here. I really do mean this. I, I kind of, I have a bit of time for them. So I never get too annoyed when they send the abusive stuff. I just say, look, I'm glad you're still listening anyway. You know, you, you yeah. might find something later on in the program that you approve of. But, um, you know, there's no such thing as, I said this earlier, as bad publicity. You're abusing me. 
but not me because we've never met and, you know, we're not personally connected. So that I always say that to people, by the way. When you get abuse online, just remember, the only opinions that matter are, in your case, I'm guessing, Ahmad, the opinions of your wife, your family and your close friends. Everybody else who gives a damn what they say doesn't make a bit of difference because you don't have to justify yourself to anybody except your family and your closest friends. And, and I tell maker. this to young podcasts who really, really get upset when they get abused. I'm like, who? Oh, it's an avatar. It's not even a real name. What's wrong with you? How could you be wound up by this person having a go at you? You don't even know who it is. It could be anybody. Just laugh. Just retweet them. That really annoys them. When you, when you amplify their abusive view, just retweet them and give them a thumbs up, you know? That's a, that's a really good point, retweeting. I, I laugh. I do laugh. I have a chuckle. And I think, at least you're following me and listening to me or watching me and you're obsessed yes. about me. You love to hate me. At least there's some love there. <laughs> I don't have a problem. <laughs> so listen, are, no, you free, are you regulated by the Ofcom or anything like that? Oh, do you know what? Because I know, I know your time is running out. This is a good way to finish it. Now, why is the BBC today suggesting that denying that man-made climate change is real is also dangerous and needs to be stopped. Right. Well, the BBC has been doing that for several years. It's been doing it with COVID and with vaccines. Right. So I've been telling, I don't tell my listeners things, but I share my thoughts with them. So I, I've been saying for a number of years, I'm like the boy who cried wolf, by the way, because I've been saying that Ofcom is eventually, sooner rather than later, is mm. going to have domain over the independent media. And my listeners have said, I know, Richie, no, but they will. And we're going to see this with the online harms bill. We're going to see this progress. So when you hear people come out with statements in, in Westminster that we must prevent people from consuming harmful information. Yeah. Well, what's harmful information? Well, we shouldn't allow people go online to say that the COVID jabs are causing harm. Why? Why shouldn't they if the COVID jabs are causing harm? And the censor says, well... Well, the jabs are mostly very good. And if somebody hears Dr. Ahmad Malik, for example, or if yeah. somebody hears another, they might not have their jab and then they might get sick. And that is the harm. So this stuff is all gathering pace now. We must prevent somebody from expressing their considered opinion online, lest it harm somebody else. How could opinions possibly harm people? So quick answer is yes. I reckon it won't be too long before Ofcom tells, particularly somebody like me, who's linear, who's on there live every Monday to Thursday mm. and Sunday mornings with the music show. Yeah, they're eventually going to say, you cannot do what you do without a license from us. And that will be the beginning of the end of me, because of course I will say, I won't have a choice. I will say, okay, then I'll have a license. But the minute you have their license, they can find you in breach of it once, twice or three times and then suspend you from broadcasting. And Amma, just before you come back in, this is your show, I know. Your viewers might say, ah, well, so what, Richie, just broadcast anyway. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. The police will come and confiscate your equipment. That is not a joke. We, we, we launched a television show a television station, an internet one in London in 2013. We, not me, the, the, the people who opened it were naive. They thought that they could just run TV on the internet outside of the control of the regulators. Mm. No, no. We got a letter within a week. Ofcom does regulate online television. It has done for 15 years. Ofcom said to us, 
You can't uh, broadcast a linear schedule of TV programmes on the internet. You're based in England. You must have a licence. So uh, we had to go and get the licence. But we, we, we looked at all the small print. Broadcasting without a licence would lead to the confiscation of the equipment. So if we just stuck two fingers up at Ofcom in 2013, we were based at Hangers, near Hangers Lane in London. Mm. They would have come along, the old bill, and they would have done the, the Gestapo thing. They would have said, we're taking your equipment. So that's where, that's the future of the Richie Allen radio show, which is kind of really the only kind of daily kind of independent radio show like mine. The future will be very soon. You must have a license. I'll go, okay. Within a hair's breadth of me getting the license, it'll be, ha ha, you had Dr. Ahmad Malik on. And he yeah. said that um, you should have maybe consider having one meal a day. It's very healthy for you. We find that to be dangerous. So that's strike one. Might get a small fine for that. Strike two might be a bigger fine. Strike three, your license is gone. So yes, uh, Ahmad, they will eventually regulate us and what we do. I, I, so I agree. Do do? Get a, I, get a I think you're 100% right. And it's not just going to be you. It's going to be podcasters. It's going to be anyone independent, anyone on social media. You need yes. to say, and it's for the greater good and it's for preventing harm. It's always, it's always mollycoddled and packaged in a way that sounds nice. Because right. you know, who's going to argue with that? Who, everybody wants to prevent harm. Surely that's very a benign, good it? Very benign. It's always a nice thing. And, and, and what's the upside down clown world? What's the Orwellian world? They're the ones causing the fucking harm. And the people speaking out against it and saying, this is bullshit. So if I say, it's ridiculous that a confused, vulnerable young child wants to, you know, doesn't know what's going on, is being manipulated by social media, is being given puberty blockers that's going to screw up their life forever or surgery that's going to mutilate them and they won't have any sexual function and they won't have normal urinary function and they're just, you know, they're going to be disfigured for life. This is cruelty. This is medical malpractice scandal of epic proportions. I'm causing harm. I'm harm. I'm harmful. Yeah, if really. I speak out against the jabs and say this is experimental, this is experimental. It's not a vaccine. It's mRNA technology that has never been proven to work before. We're using synthetic RNA in a in a synthetic sequence. Two synthetics. The actual mRNA is not normal mRNA. There's been a uridine base pair replacement and then the actual sequence itself is completely artificial so you have an artificial synthetic doubly um thing being given to you as a, as a vaccine it's no it's not so questioning that i'm harmful giving it out rolling it out to millions of people and causing deaths and harm that's not harmful this is an upside oh, down crazy world you speaking out and just getting guests in from opposing points of view from what the government wants to say to tell us that's harmful. Me saying to people, meat is good, isn't causing climate change, and actually you should fast and have one meal a day, so that's what's good for you. Stay away from ultra-processed food. That's harmful. Actually, what you should do is eat junk food, spend your money helping the multinational corporations, yeah. get sick, feed big pharma, big food. You know, that's what they want. And this is what your listeners and my listeners need to wake up to. We are marching towards it. Now, whether, whatever your views of Nigel Farage, have you seen what's happened with him? His bank accounts have been closed. I have. Yeah, yeah. And look, obviously, I, 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 I have an opinion about him. We all do. But you make a good point. It matters not what my opinion is of him. But um, 
Yeah, look, this it's not new, you know. Um, PayPal did for me. Um, my listeners used to support me through PayPal. Four years ago, PayPal cancelled the... I, I got the... Oh, wow. What's it called? What's the financial regulator here called? I can't remember. I complained anyway. Oh, the case was open. It lasted six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to me in a moment. There's a... Yeah, there is a financial regulator. I wrote to them. They were very nice. I said, PayPal, not only did they delete my account, but they kept my money. It wasn't much now, but they kept it. At the same time PayPal did that, the show used to be on YouTube. Now, there is a YouTube account for the show now, but that's yep. that's a nonsense. The show had an original YouTube uh, channel, which had about 125,000 subscribers. Wow. And it was Google monetized. So each episode on YouTube used to get 45, 50,000 views, meaning that a thousand pounds a month was coming in for the radio show. YouTube deleted the channel like that around about the same time as PayPal. So I'm all too familiar with this. And so are some other, like people like Tommy, I think Tommy Robinson is a, is a prize dipstick. I've no time for him or his politics, but I believe in free speech. So, so, so I have to stand up for his right to say what it is he says, even if I find him morally repugnant. PayPal did the same thing to him, just got rid of him and kept his money. So what they're doing to Farage, this bank, this um, bank, which is a famous old bank, which is run by, I think, Nat West, it's outrageous, outrageous. Uh, because he can't, not he, he can't open any other bank account. Oh, can't, he said seven, he, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Seven. And and whatever it's you think shocking. of whatever you think of Nigel Farage today, it's him. Tomorrow it's you and me, and the day after it's everyone else. Yeah. I mean, you speak out of line. You you refuse to eat insect burgers. You know you're polluting the world. You know we're going to cancel your bank account. Yeah. And then you know, and then they're going to and 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 this is the thing that the, the fact that they can start doing this. Oh, you know what? If you you need to close your bank account and open up a digital bank account, and if you don't use the digital currency, you know we're just shutting right. you off. What? What's well, going said, on? Imagine what's go- imagine we hadn't already reached cashless. We're nearly there. Now, Nigel has got probably a few million quid with this bank, Crutes or Couts or whatever it's called. I can't re- pronounce it. Now, he's gone to seven banks to say, right, can you give me a bank account? They're saying no. So is his money in limbo? <laughs> you know, yeah, what, what's it's the money on? that he owns in limbo. It's absolutely terrifying. Well, look, we saw it in Canada. Trudeau was able to get banks to suspend people's accounts because they wanted to go and give the truckers a sandwich or to give the truckers money to buy some provisions. And they stopped people's bank accounts. Yeah, it's look, look, you know, I started doing these shows back in Spain and people used to warn us back then. Jim Mars is dead now. A Texan journalist, one of the greatest men I ever met in my life. Yeah. Um, Jim wrote the book. Crossfire, which which became Oliver Stone's movie JFK. Jim's an amazing guy. Jim oh, wow. was telling us this 15 years ago. This is where we're going to be. A cashless society where your behavior will be will, will be measured against what you're allowed to do and what not to do. And to be honest with you, Ahmad, you know, while I was open-minded, back then I did my job, I stopped Jim, there's no proof of this. I used to go and have a beer and buy the pool in Spain where we lived, and I used to think, it'll never happen. Yeah. And here we are. I used to think this will never happen. People will not tolerate this. We'd have our little pina colada by the pool. You know, I know you don't drink. And then we'd be like, but it's compelling stuff, though. Fast forward 15 years. Here we are. And if I, you know, I think I'm actually moderate. I mean, I guess on a spectrum, people at this end 
think I'm a crazy person. People on this end don't think I'm crazy enough. <laughs> you know, you can't please everyone. But I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm observing. I'm very good at observing. And what I'm observing, we don't have freedoms. We don't have freedom of speech. You've got political connect correctness, which has gone into hate speech, which has now gone to cancel culture. You know, self-censorship is a huge thing. People keep coming up to me in whispered tones. Oh, you're so brave. I'm like, why am I brave? I could never say what you say. Why Why don't you want to say what yeah. you say? Oh, God, no, I would never say Absolutely. that. So self-censorship is massive. Okay, that's a huge thing. Um, and then you've got government censorship, regulatory body censorship. We don't have a law. Law's an ass. Just feeds the lawyers and their fees. They don't, there's no justice. You know, the smallest, you know, deviation, you get punished. You were speeding. You're in court, you get points, whatever. But, you know, the bigger the crime, the bigger the criminal, you know, you, you maim thousands of people, kill them, make billions of profits for a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, you get a you get a, a title. You get well done, promotion. You get a bonus. Yeah. So yeah. The, 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 there is no justice. You know, the little guy gets fried. The big person can get away with blue murder, seriously. Um, and the police, what are they doing? They're locking people up for going for a walk in the park and having a coffee. Drones are out, you know, to lockdown. I mean, what the frack is that all about? Doctors you, aren't Do you know their- this? You, you, you won't know this, will you? Mm. Um, earlier this year, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a serious runner. I take my running very seriously. So I run every day. I've been advised not to. I know you do as well. I know you're a proper runner. So, I, you know, and I'm timing myself against... Um, times and my age and all that so I'm I'm doing this um, so I'm crossing a motorway in Manchester back in February or March I think um, I'm a very conscientious runner right I'm also a driver so, I've, so I respect drivers so I'm at this junction it's a wide junction lights go red green so I run across it and I'm hit by two cars a car and a van I'm nearly killed now this honest to God right oh, I still have them wow. um, I still, have pain, I still have pain in this elbow. So these two idiots slowed down further along the, the, the highway. It's the M60, right? And so I gingerly get up and start walking towards them. Then they flee the scene. <gasps> I contacted Greater Manchester Police, told them what had happened, um, didn't give a damn. They said they'd get back in touch with me. When they got back in touch with me, they said they would send a self-reporting pack to me and that if I... If I liked, if I liked, I should do some door to door in the businesses in the area to find out if anybody had some CCTV, which captured me being a victim of a hit and run. I'm on the phone, Ahmad, journalist of 25 years, used to dealing with these idiots. Hang on a second. Are you inviting me to become a private investigator to investigate my own crime? And to go around to, there's a number of car sales businesses on this, a very busy stretch. Uh, it's where Salford meets Manchester, basically. Right. And she was like, yeah, we'll send you out a pack. And um, in the meantime, you should go. So it isn't only burglaries they're not interested in, where people's homes are vandalised. You ring them up and say, because knocking somebody down and fleeing the scene is only a couple of steps down from attempted murder. It's yes. very serious, right? Yeah. But they didn't Hit and run. So I, I trolled, hit and run. I trolled them on Twitter. I gave them unmerciful abuse on Twitter. And all they kept saying was, um, we're sorry you feel that way, uh, Richard. Uh, Richard, why don't you um, contact this number or this number? I've put a complaint in against them, but it's going to go nowhere. Yeah. Bad, lying what, on the ground on a motorway. 
Man, that's shocking. You ring them up and you say, these two people have hit me. And they're like, well, we've got better things to do. Somebody misgendered somebody over in Prestwich. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mate, it's it's shocking, but I'm equally I'm not surprised. You know, yeah. They're they're yeah. busy supervising some drag show at some kids' kindergarten reading thing, making sure that's going ahead safe. <laughs> they don't give a damn that you're dying on a motorway and being hit and run. No, why would they be interested in that? I mean, this is what I mean, oh. the law's an ass. Everything's everything like if you're if you're just got your eyes open and you're not you know not not a zombie you can see the sh- the world is going to shit but the problem is most people are intoxicated and i said this before you know grown men watching tiktok videos of kids dancing and you know with their cherry vapes what a disgrace you know be a man yeah. be a freaking man yeah. you know while they eat their fake burger eat a proper meat burger go lift weights do some exercise take care of yourself Right? Be strong. Stop walking around like you've got a baby in your belly. You know, we're the men who are trim and smart, you know. And, and, and honestly, I'm just getting a bit annoyed. People are just lazy, fat, and, yeah, lazy, fat, and stupid. And they're letting the government rape their minds, get them sick, abuse them. It's a really weird, abusive relationship. And and that's why I'm I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to just wake people up. Because honestly, just if enough people were awake to this and said, no, no, the government couldn't do anything. Yeah, that's all it takes. We give them the power. We just need to stop giving them the power. And none of this will happen. And um, so, yeah, listen, before we end, can you just tell my listeners, what would, what's your recommendation? You've had lots of people, doctors, everybody on your show, a wealth of knowledge. What, are, what would you be your top tips about when it comes to health, staying healthy? And what would be your top tips oh, to resisting the evil that we're seeing in the world today? So two, two amazingly big questions, really. Um, my top tips for health, I, I just stay active. So I, I walk the dogs. Um, they get a very, 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 they get a very heavy walk in the mornings. They run. I run with them. I run five miles every day. Um, drink lots and lots of water. I don't tend to eat too much processed food. Ahmad won't like this because he's Ahmad has advised me not to do it, but I can't help it. But I have reduced <laughs> it. I have significantly reduced it. I I like a beer. I like a drink. But what I've managed to do is I've actually gotten rid of the rum. I've I've completely gotten rid of spirits. So now I just have a couple of beers. I feel a lot better for that. So top tips, yeah, just eat well. Like Ahmad said, stay away from the crap. Eat real whole foods and exercise. And as for how to deal with all of this, my only tip to people would be, um. By all means, speak to friends, family and even strangers about it. But try to avoid dogma as much as you can, because people just the defences go up straight away. They become very defensive and they're less likely. I've had a lot of success with people who've never in my neighbourhood have never heard of the Richie Allen show. Like most people, it does have a decent listenership, but most people have never heard of it still, you see. So when I meet them, I say, look, um, I always try the when they're talking about, oh, COVID and, you know, the, 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 the jabs are coming back again. And these are people who want them. I will always drop in a little, never dogma, but kind of like, uh, well, you know, um, I heard there's, um, you know, a famous, you know, I might mention, I interviewed Ahmad. I heard there's a guy and he's got degrees coming out of his backside and he reckons these things are, they're not helpful and there's no long-term safety data on them. And that's all I've heard. That's all I'm saying. And I find that's a brilliant approach that. Rather than 
you know, be telling people this is the way it is. The jabs are deadly and you shouldn't be having it. My approach is to kind of almost act a bit stupid, kind of like, a, oh, I heard something else, to be honest. I don't know. Uh, you know, remember the swine flu jab? Sure, sure. Didn't that give people narcolepsy? And that's only 11 years ago. Like, anyway, I'm, I'm saying no more about it. Plant the seed. So that would be my recommendation yeah. to your um, to your fantastic listeners. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. I like that. And the seed will grow. Excellent. Richie, it's been, it's been lovely chatting to you. I could chat to you for a long time. Oh, but listen, Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. No, you're a legend and you're, you're doing great work. And I'm definitely going to have you back maybe in six months or whatever. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. You're a legend. Thank you so much. Listeners, Richie thank you so much for thank listening to this. That was Richie Allen. I'm going to have all his links on my website so you can find him and listen in and tune in to his radio show. And thank you for listening to the show. And please support me. Share it as widely as possible. Subscribe. I'm going to start writing on my Substack. Buy me a coffee. Do whatever because you need to support me in this show so we can keep the truth out there and educate the masses. We're on a mission. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>